I'm Noel Burns, and this is who I am. Today is Noel Burns, the independent comic book publisher and head of Phoenix Dreams Publishing. So, Noel, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, sir. It's glad to be here. Yeah. So, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You, um, you did you grow up in Texas or? Yes, I actually grew up in Garland, Dallas area. Uh-huh. Um, was born in Austin, but spent pretty much all my childhood in Texas. Which was lucky for me because Dallas at the time was kind of the epicenter for uh, manga and anime as it was coming out in the U.S. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up on old shows like Star Blazers and Battle of the Planets, and right. <laughs> so, and then moving into Robotech later on. So, uh, you know, I, I was glad to have access to all of that. I didn't realize how lucky I was until I moved away from there and it was not available or hadn't been seen yet. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, so, so you were you were primarily into manga at that stage. Um, and how long has that always been there for you? Has that always been your introduction to comics, or was there were, were you uh, pretty much? Well, I've always been a comic reader, too, but the thing that got me into comics was finding the first uh, Macross uh, comic book when it came out, before it became Robotech, even. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was the thing that hooked me. It it, it had me from that point on. Uh, I then, uh, growing up, had a friend down the street who was older than I was, who was an avid comic collector. And in Dallas, there was, you know, many different stores to go to. There was uh, fantasy fairs, which happened like every quarter of the year. And then monthly comic rummage sales, basically. Um, he had such an extensive collection. I'd spend a lot of time just memorizing and we'd go to shows and I'd pick up you know, he'd be like, do I need this? Do I need this? No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, I've, I mean, I've been around comics pretty much since I could read. So, mm-hmm. and you said you moved away from, um, from Texas generally, or did you? Yeah, I actually went from Austin, Texas, all the way up to Iowa city, Iowa. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of where I've been stuck since so. uh-huh. <laughs> or, or where I've chosen to stay. Let's say that. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, and, and but yeah, comics weren't as, or manga, especially it sounds like it wasn't as readily available there as it was in, in Texas. Is that true? Or? No. Yeah. When I first moved up here, it was 1991 mm-hmm. and there was one comic book store in downtown Iowa city and they didn't have any manga or anything in. It was what's called a hall mall. It was up in a little kind of dingy second floor building. And so I went in and started asking them to start ordering manga mm-hmm. and slowly, but surely we got them pulling in more and more titles uh, eventually ran into some other friends, you know, made friends with some other people who were interested in anime and manga. And we ended up forming a uh, club at the University of Iowa. Right. And from that, we ended up 
you know, we started showing, having shows every two weeks. Uh, the comic book store started carrying movies and everything. It got to a point where about 60 to 65% of their sales were anime or manga related. Hmm. Uh, and we ended up starting a convention called Anime Iowa uh, about 21 years ago now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, and that's it. It sounds like it kind of coincided in, into um, that was the time when there was a little collapse in the comics market. So there was, um, you know, when Image yes. came out and when the, the direct market happened, when that, that whole uh, monopoly occurred. So, Yeah, it was. And I mean... Yeah, Image at that point was, you know, starting to put stuff out, you know, and, you know, everyone was picking up five issues of, or five copies of every issue that came out. And, you know, well, it was nice for the comic book stores to be able to see some alternative uh, income streams, you uh -huh. know. Yeah. Just because, yeah, things were starting to peter out a little bit. Um, but, you know, Growing up, I also, you know, anime and manga was always the thing that kind of got me through. Like I have or had <laughs> most of the uh, all the Viz titles that ever came out in floppies when they were done doing that. Um, you know, it, I had started at a young age and continued for quite a while. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when did you get into publishing? When was your, your shift into that? Uh, first shift into publishing, um, well, kind of happened when I started doing printing for people and basically I was just, I've always had sort of an art background. Um, I'm one of those who, if you can't do teach type peoples. Mm -hmm. And so while my own art is not terrible, it's not great and I don't spend the time I need to, you know, better it. Uh, but I like to when I find people that I like and I like that what they're presenting, I like to try and help them as much as I can. Right. Uh, towards that end, you know, I initially started doing a printing company mm -hmm. and long story short, that ended badly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah. I did. I wasn't sure how much, um, you wanted to go into that, but it was, yeah. this, this was IC geeks, right? Yeah, that was IC geeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and that mostly the re the reason that ended badly was I was overextending myself. Um, and so I took time off and spent the last few years trying to figure out what I could do that gave me that same sense of purpose, the same, uh, desire to, you know, help people mm -hmm. that it made me feel fulfilled. And, you know, I kept coming back to, I really enjoyed helping people publish their works, uh, enjoyed helping them get that stuff out in front of other people. Right. So, you know, I, but again, there's lots of publishers out there. There's lots of different things, you know, options for people now, you know, you can go to web comics, you can do. So I started looking at how we might be able to do things a little differently than what is currently being done. Mm -hmm. What can we do to make it so creators can try and make a living off of, their works rather than, you know, as a side gig. Right. Yeah. So uh, I spent about a year, you know, trying to come up with the business model for that. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, is what is now, um, uh, Phoenix dreams publishing is the, that is, yes, that's correct. Uh -huh. 
Um, and do you think that um, this is this is we're now seeing a shift because of um, how how many avenues of, of uh, getting your story out there there are? How many ways of getting your story out there? You see, do you think we're seeing a shift now to more create your own stuff? And um, I, I think we are. Um, also, I think it's uh, the market is calling for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have gotten, I mean, you look at the big two and you're seeing a lot, you know, it's a bunch of rehashed stories. It's the same characters, you know, sometimes they're trying to turn it on their head and do things that really just seems to upset the fans who like things the way they are. Yeah. But you know, it's, people are looking for new stories and the indie comics and right now is where you can find them. I mean, the indie comics is kind of following the manga style of things and that, you know, there's a genre, you know, no, no matter the genre, there is a story that you can find in indie comics. Mm-hmm. So whatever your interest is, you have an opportunity to find, you know, a story that you can latch on to and become a fan of. Yeah. Hmm. And do you think that the uh, the change in in storytelling format is going to occur? Because most um, American comics have been eighteen to twenty two pages monthly books, um, but manga's approach is, is a lot it's a lot more different. I mean, they have a, a, a they have a consistent um, uh, flow of story. They have like a, a, a uh, regular releases, but the the format is very different. The, the page count is different, and the the technique of producing the, the comics is a lot different. Do you think we're going to see a shift away from from American traditional American stories to to longer format stories? Or uh, I believe so. Um, but with that being said, you know, as a new publisher, one of the things we're looking at is getting number one floppies out for, we've got seven stories right now. We're looking to get a number one floppy out for all of them just so we can get an introduction to people. Mm -hmm. But ideally we're looking to go with graphic novels. Um, I know with, in terms of comic retailers, that's not a great thing, but you know, it's, um, you know, we, we want to be able to me, I feel like a fan can get the best bang for their buck by going with a graphic novel. Right. Um, plus, you also have more avenues with which to get it sold at. Right. And do you think? Um, I mean, you say that's that's not great for comic retailers. What What do you think is the barrier there for a lot of people still? Well, the traditional comic store retail um, trying to do monthly floppies is. I mean, unfortunately, the numbers aren't bearing it out any longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you look at you look at the monthly numbers that are out there right now, and you know we've gone from hundreds of thousands of floppies sold to you know top one hundred or top one yeah top one hundred sales. You're going to see you know three or four thousand in that. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, and the margins on those are so small that. You know, it's not they don't pan out in terms of a business sense Mm -hmm. to make it worthwhile, at least with graphic novels. You know, the downside to graphic novels being you have to spend a long time to get it put together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it can be a while before it sees shelf life. 
Yeah. Um, but I think uh, that's one of the ways that we've entered into because of this new era we have. We have access to things like uh, Kickstarter. We have access to web comics. Mm-hmm. You know, we can you can put your own stories up um, and start getting people interested in it right away. You can start merchandising it right away. Yeah. Um, so it's not you know you're not limited to hiding for a year. You can let people in, um, and you know give them an opportunity to pre-order it through Kickstarter. Give you know give yourself a chance to see what kind of impact you're going to have. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I used to I used to get um, uh, previews, and I remember there'd be times I'd go through that, and you know there is a fine line. I would see a single issue of an independent comic and think, oh, I'll give that a go because it's, you know, it's a few dollars, so it's worth checking. But then it becomes increasingly harder to get the follow-up issues. Um, right. But then I'd see a graphic novel and I'd be, it would be a bigger outlay and so I'd be more reluctant to just try things. And yet, um, you know, I'd go and look at a web comic, and there are so many times when I'd be looking at something and think, oh, I'd love to see this in print. And... <laughs> You know that, that there's that doorway there that that didn't used to exist, or as as I think is is more used now. I well, I hope so. Um, I, <laughs> you know, see, seeing as I I like people should be able to you know peruse and understand what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, some people worry that well, if I do a web comic, you know, everyone's just going to get my art for free. When it's not about putting the story out there for free hmm. the fans you're going to get you know are going to probably want to per- support you in somehow yeah the, the goal is to get out and make fans um you don't want to just give in to you know try and trick somebody with a slick cover and you know have somebody pick up your book you know that's a one-time thing Mm -hmm. um so you know maybe you make three or four dollars off of them or you know five or ten what have you uh but if you generate a fan they're going to want to support you and you know offer you know kickstarter rewards that are above and beyond you know the normal they're the ones who are going to purchase your bookmarks your prints your you know second volumes when they come out your third volumes so Mm -hmm. the the fans are the ones who are going to be there in the long term yeah um so i I guess it kind of comes down to how you want to do business um i mean some people are happy to just get the money when they can and run um i don't personally believe that that's a you know best way for us to go um i think you know especially with phoenix dreams we're looking at long term, we want to build a relationship with our audiences, with our fans. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. and have you have you created stuff uh, yourself, or did you always back away and, and feel like you wanted to be more of a an editorial, um, have an editorial role? Then I actually did used to create some stuff. Nothing that I actually put out. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually, I think, uh, I do have a bit of a comic called ego that appeared in one of the early anime Iowa program books. So mm. either second, or third year, but, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, I definitely have studied it and spent the time, you know, to know what's good, what's not. 
Um, I by no means claim to be an expert on any of it, mm-hmm. but you know, I basically what I go, what I'm looking for whenever I'm looking at stories and art is, you know, is there character growth? You know, is the art telling the story as well as the writing? Um, are the sequentials, you know, doing what they're supposed to do? Um, and does it seem unique to me or does it seem, uh, is the art going to draw my eye from across the room? Mm-hmm. So, hmm. and wh- why do you think that is that you, you kind of back off from creating yourself? What, what do you think is, uh, um, in all honesty, probably fear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's, I, it's one of those things where it's, you know, I'd like to go back and create, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's, you know, I always tell myself, you know, once we get everything settled in with Phoenix dreams, maybe then I'll have my opportunity to go and do the things I want to try and do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like I, you know, for me being able to help others realize their dreams gives me a much more sense of satisfaction than even trying to make my own stuff. Right. So, you know, ultimately that is the decision that's put me in this where I'm looking to publish. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, going back, what was it that, that attracted you to manga? Do you think what was the? I mean, you, you said that you you were watching um, anime at that time, and mm-hmm. that was that was a period when there was a lot of um, uh, Japanese uh, cartoons were making it over into the West, and um, like Battle of the Planets was the a big one. Even in England, we had uh, that, yep. that was a regular show. So. <laughs> um, but it felt like it wasn't until. Uh, maybe Akira in England that people realized that this could be that you could make f- films, you know, that you could make these big movies that that held up as 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 good pieces of of work rather than just these um, like frenetic cartoons. And yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, I was in high school when Akira came out, and mm-hmm. I remember going to the theater to see it, and it was standing room only. So, right. um, <laughs> and yeah, it was probably around that point that people started realizing that there was more to it than just, you know, uh, your standard cartoon. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I looked at, you know, like Star Blazers and Battle of the Planets even, and, you know, compared it to, you know, G.I. Joe and to Transformers. And the things that seemed to get me were the depth of story seemed to be a lot greater. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't, uh, oftentimes it wasn't just an episode of the week. Hmm. Uh, although with Battle of the Planets, it had a little more of that than an overall arcing story. But Star Blazers was the thing that really hooked me uh or battleship Yamato and you know, there it was an ongoing story. So, and there were consequences, you know, people died if, you know, the situations called for it, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like GI Joe where, you know, a plane gets shot down and everybody bails out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I, I think that was the thing that ultimately drew me into anime as opposed to traditional cartooning. Mm. And with anime as well, it feels like they have a, um, it's almost like the, 
having a singular creative voice behind the concept and uh, even when they extend past the, uh, past manga and, and into anime and when they extend as, as these universes there's always that it can always be traced back to one creator and and that i think could well actually be the key for me because um, that's always one of the things that tends to drive me crazy about american comics and stuff is you know it the tone changes so much mm-hmm. um with different writers with new artists with you know um so like you know i'll find a st- series that i really enjoy and then everything gets changed up on me and it still doesn't you know the japanese manga and anime tends like you said to continue with that same sense of purpose same feel mm-hmm. Uh, throughout its run as a usual, as a general rule hmm. and for you as a uh, i mean would would you call yourself an edit, editor in chief or a publisher in chief or what i mean uh i would call myself a publisher i do some <laughs> editing um but you're pretty hands-off right you, you, you yeah i try the... i i honestly i want the the stories i'm looking to tell and help people tell uh, I want them to be fairly much what the creators intended. Mm-hmm. My goal is to help the creators reach the potential that maybe they couldn't do on their own to give them, you know, to handle some of that back of house stuff, the, you know, making sure things get printed correctly, making sure all your pages are set up, making sure, you know, that there are spaces at conventions, um, you know, all that th- stuff is time consuming. And, you know, if I've chosen, you know, if I pick a story that we want to do through Phoenix Dreams, I want that story to get finished for mm-hmm. one. And two, I want those creators to keep creating. That's, you know, ultimately my goal is I, I want them to be able to, you know, get more content out, make more stories, you know, yeah. continue to wow me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is there anything you you don't feel like you uh, would publish or um, not just in terms of quality, but I mean in terms of subject matter or or style that that you feel is appropriate? I, as a personal, I prefer to keep, you know, my stuff in the rated R (laughs) or less. Uh, Yeah. You know, but in terms of, you know, I enjoy you know, manga, I enjoy, you know, traditional comics. Um, right now I'm really interested in trying to find a slice of life comic. Hmm. Um, those, you know, those are something that I always enjoy and think that a lot of people, you know, can find, uh, can access and enjoy as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, there's, I mean, in terms of, you know, what we're looking to do at Phoenix Dreams, you know, we're open to all genres of stuff. Um, I'd actually love to see some American sports comics, mm-hmm. uh, either football or something like that, um, you know, just to see what we could do with it. I mean, they're so huge in Japan. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those tend to be some of the more successful anime series as well that do come over here and, you know, do find an audience so yeah yeah i've always been surprised as like something like friday night lights hasn't been that that kind of format hasn't been taken to a comic book because it is ultimately just a you know it's not a soap opera but it's that it's a it's a 
drama series with characters right. and, and story and that the football is incidental. It's just the, the kind of the, well, th- and I think, the thread. So. Yeah. And I think that's part of the, I think that's still part of the problem we have in America where there's still a bit of mentality in the general population that comics are kid related. Mm-hmm. So it's harder to convince people that, you know, you can do a drama story and have it be meaningful. Yeah. So. Yeah, and there is still the tendency for, if you say comic books, um, people think of Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. That. Right, yeah, Marvel and DC are what comic books are rather yeah. than... <laughs> so, mm. I, I, I have to agree with that. <laughs> um, as a as a, someone that's... Uh, you're putting yourself out there and saying we're publishers and um, how do you... I mean, you said before with, with, um, with IC Geeks that you got... Uh, kind of stretched thin there how do you keep it tempered now how do you make sure that you're not overwhelmed by um, because I imagine that that you know that, that even though there are so many ways of getting stories out people still try to aim for the traditional model which is to have something printed and, right um, if someone comes along and says we are looking to print stuff I imagine you get a lot of people suddenly jumping on and and trying to get involved with you and um well honestly we've been fairly low-key so far starting out i Mm. mean we're we're starting to get more and more recognition um but in terms of you know how am i one we are trying to be particular with the creators we're working with Mm -hmm. um it's we're not just accepting everybody who comes in uh who has interests um we are trying to find people we feel will work well. Um, one thing that we're trying to do with Phoenix Dreams is rather than make it just a publishing company, we're trying to also make it kind of an artistic collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we want to do you know quarterly workshops with our creators to help them get the best product they can put out on the market. Right. Um, so, you know, things like that, that we're attempting to kind of help everybody who's a part of Phoenix Dreams. We want it to be a collective as opposed to, you know, well, you've got your story. That's great. You know, we want everybody in helping everybody's story get out and get popular. Right. Mm. And one of the ways that you've been getting out there is you've been doing shows recently, right? You've Yep, we just did uh, C2E2, and the following week we did Planet Comic Con in Kansas City. Mm. So those are two really good shows for us. Um, that was mostly us just getting out and getting in front of people for the first time. Uh, C2E2 was a f- our official launch mm-hmm. um, as for us. And so technically we've really only been out for one month now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, we've been building up slowly and it's, uh, honestly, you know, we're at almost, I think I want to say 16, 17 creators are on board. Mm. Uh, some of them are doing dual work, uh, or some of them are on the same titles, but, uh, it's, my goal was to get to 20 creators within two years. So, right. wow. uh, <laughs> I, 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 the response has been bigger than I anticipated, mm-hmm. but you know, it, we're trying to, uh, 
make sure that, you know, the people can, you know, like I said, we've got seven stories right now, which is great. We've got some others that are in the works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, in order to keep myself sane, you know, we've, uh, I've, you know, brought on a brand manager who's, uh, helping, uh, Josh Gorfane is uh, helping with graphic design as well as writing three of the stories. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's, you know, and it's just, it's about finding people and, you know, trying to get people to help work with us. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. And are you, do you, are you working as well? You're holding down a day job while this is going on or are you, is this become your. This, this has become my day job. Okay. I mean, other than, you know, helping take care of my three year old. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, a more than a day job. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, but yeah, I've, uh, you know, I, I've cut back, I still work printing, uh, part-time whenever they need help, mm-hmm. uh, just so I can keep abreast of what's going on. Um, and it's also good for getting discounts for printing but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, Phoenix dreams is, you know, what I have kind of put myself into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we're getting set up, I believe. Um, well, and actually we've, <laughs> we've been extremely lucky. I mean, I initially planned it to only be, you know, United States creators that we were dealing in. Uh, but we had some amazing opportunities early on. So we've got creators in Sweden, we've got, you know, creators in England that mm-hmm. are, working on stuff. We've got, you know, uh, Indonesian artists we've got, you know, <laughs> so we are kind of, uh, spreading all over the world already. And, uh, mm. you know, I, I'm pleased with it. I, you know, it, we're definitely getting some unique stories that we wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that's really, um, you know, for the last, in the last 20 years has really developed for, for comic creators is that there is this, the global connectivity that probably wasn't as as uh, readily available as it used to be, and it seems like now you know you can you can sit down and write a story in Idaho, and then get someone in Argentina to draw it, and then have someone in Spain color it, and then have someone in England letter it, and you know, but it's all you're all just using one box on the internet to to share this stuff and. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, honestly, we've got one story that is being done pretty much exclusively through Facebook Messenger. Mm. So (laughs) (laughs) it's, you know, it's an effective platform for this, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, we have an artist that's in Indonesia, so he's got a 12 hour time difference from us. So we put stuff up late at night or early in the morning and it's the opposite for him. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, you know, th- there's right now in terms of comics, especially if you're willing to look at doing indie comics specifically, um, you know, there's never been an easier time to try and find people to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of the largest problems, especially for artists is, you know, artists want to get paid. Mm-hmm. And they should be paid. Um, 
But that being said, there's also times where I feel the artist needs to try and take a chance as well. And, you know, maybe do a completed issue of, you know, a new story with an author that maybe they don't know. Uh, just to, you know, if, if they can read the story and feel passionate about it, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like they should give it a shot. Um, it's, you know, getting that money for each page that you do is great, but you know, what if you can get the 50% of the rights mm-hmm. and still go ahead and, you know, if you believe in the project enough to take it on, you know, the 50% of the rights are oftentimes going to be significantly more money, you know, compared to your page rate. Mm-hmm. Depending, you know, unless of course you're an A-level artist and, you know, you're getting four or $500 per page. So, mm. but yeah, there's, it's, it's a trade-off, you know, um, you know, ideally, you know, Phoenix dreams, we'd like to have teams come in and, be all on the same page and, you know, passionate about what they're giving us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, occasionally you do have to, you know, you can't find an artist. You have to pay that work for hire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, that's all part of making comics at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. And where can people find Phoenix dreams? Where's uh, the best place to look for you? Uh, best place to find Phoenix Dreams right now would be uh, www.phoenixdreamspublishing.com, mm-hmm. as well as you can find us on Facebook, uh, Phoenix Dreams Publishing. And I believe, well, I don't want to even bother trying to give our Twitter out because it's <laughs> not, uh, but it's on our website, so you'd be able to find it there. <laughs> uh-huh. And do you have more shows planned? Anything else coming up? Uh, we do have, we are going to be at Anime Mid-Atlantic mm-hmm. in middle of June uh, in Norfolk, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, self and uh, Jordan, uh, the author for Destin, which is a Kickstarter we just successfully ran. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have uh, some floppies available there. Unfortunately, we won't have the uh, graphic novel out. It won't be printed by that time, but mm. we will have some issues available if people want to pick it up there. Um, and uh, there are going to be some other shows coming up. We will be updating the website as we get to them. So, Okay, excellent. Well, now thank you very much for, for talking with us. Well, th- thank you very much for having me, Jamie. Mm. Uh, it was a pleasure, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. That's it for the show. We'll be back in two weeks. You can find us online at whoiampodcast.com and contact us by email at whoiam at gmail.com or by phone at 818-308-4066. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, there is a submissions form on the site. We're also on iTunes where you can leave a rating if you feel inclined. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Jamie Gamble, and this was This Is Who I Am.